I'm joined today by David Smith, the author of a new caregiver.com caregiver book club selection. It's about time. David, one of the many things that I've found impressive about the book is that you help us reframe the senior living community sales process into a partnership between uh, the salesperson, the caregiver, and the senior. Can you tell me about your concept of PCS? Yeah, Gary, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and to learn this, um, quite a bit about your organization and your publications. You're doing noble work, so I commend you for that. Um, Prospect-centered selling is an idea that grew out of my own failure to fill the retirement community that I built in St. Louis um, uh, 35 years ago. And what I learned was, is that if we focus on the solution or the product-oriented solution, it doesn't work very well. And what really triggers somebody to help get through, it's a very complex sale. It's a very complex emotional decision. And the only way that I was able to save my own butt financially was to figure it out. And it started with forget about the product, forget about the apartments you have to lease or the services that you have to offer, and just start from the perspective of the individual prospect who is fearful, who has reached a stage in life where things aren't working so well, and try emotionally to help, help them confront, address, become aware of what the emotional resistance is. It's not about logic. It's about the emotion. This seems to be more like three-dimensional chess, where you have, uh, as opposed to selling a home, I like the kitchen, the bathroom's in a good place, it's a great neighborhood, good schools, I'm fine. You have the emotions of the interaction between the family caregiver and the senior loved one. You have the senior loved one's internalized feelings of their ability to say, yes, I want to be in, in this place at this point. And, and then you, on top of that, you layer the traditional interaction between living community and, uh, and, and, and family member and person who will live there. What tips do you have for family caregivers for the next time they walk into a situation like this? Yeah, that's a great question. And it really is three levels of emotional reactions that are going on at the same time. And in the book, I take time to sort of spread those out and kind of look at each one individually, but it always comes back to focusing with the prospect at the center. So if you can get the focus there of the adult child, of the caregiver, as well as of the leasing counselor, then everybody's working from the same page, trying to, before you get to solutions, agreeing as to what would be beneficial, um, what's wrong in the current living situation, why somebody should be motivated to move at all. Because by the way, our total capture rate as an industry is only about 10% of the people who we know could benefit from making a move to a senior community. So it's very low. Most of your competition, 90% of the time is where people already live. And the person who's going through the change may need to move their caregivers may see that they need to move. The sales counselor or professional may see that they need to move. They may even see logically that they need to move, but it's not a logical decision. Well, I always say once you see one 
family caregiving situation, you've seen one family caregiver situation. So yes, I don't want you to stereotype, but what um, are some of the more common responses and over and how to overcome those responses when you your professional, the, the sales professional, the family member, even the senior at some point know they need to do this, but they're putting up these blockades. What are some of those blockades and how do we overcome them? Yeah, so the first thing is to look at it from the perspective of the person who's going through it rather than the benefits uh, value match or looking at the benefits of the product in the form of a solution. That comes in the process, but way later on. We like to say you need to open people up before you try to close them. It takes time. It takes time to make a major lifestyle change that has an overlay in society as you're going to one of those old places, you have diminished capacity. I will think less of you. Your, your ability to uh, have a role in your family has changed. Your contribution to the community is different. It's sort of like waving a white flag. And then there's a generational bias because in the generation of the people that we're dealing with now as prospects, people in their mid eighties to nineties, their parents and their loved ones were stuck with horrible options that they may still resonate and think about when they think about moving in with other old people, what it was like when my dad or my mom um, was in one of those institutional type nursing homes. So, so my first advice was, would be understand that logic isn't and reason don't carry the day. In fact, sometimes the more right you are, the harder it is. It's like telling your teenager who to date but your best in my experience to stay out of that. Um, give the control up to the senior adult, to your parent, and um, try, to, try to listen for themes and values of who they are, what gives them confidence, and to give them control. I like to tell our leasing counselors, as well as adult children, the caregivers that are involved in the decision-making, the goal is to get, let's say it's mom or mom and dad driving where we're sitting in the passenger seat or in the back seat, they're in control. As a reader of the book, what am I going to learn? Uh, how, what will I know more about after finishing all the chapters than I did before I started? Yeah. So, so the chapters start with, I'm looking at the, at the book itself to just do a quick review for you. Um, with the background in terms of how care was delivered and services were delivered prior to the enactment of Medicare and Medicaid in the mid 1960s, and then a revolution in terms of how the industry looked at providing services. So there's some of that background, including my own personal history of building my flagship community when I was 35 years old um, and trying to figure out what does this mean? What, what goes into these places? <clears throat> then we talk about, um, what kind of an approach, an interactive engagement approach makes sense? And then what are the, what's the process by going through that, that we go through with individual prospects because each one is on their own journey. And the process is really very simple and very commonsensical. First, you connect empathically. Then you, you use that connection and that trust to get inside of the buying circle along with both the adult child, the caregiver, as well as the prospect. You want to get into that circle. And from that 
perspective, you, you, you need to authentically deserve the trust because you're looking out for the best interest of the prospect and having the prospect drive. And then once you get in that circle, you can use certain questioning techniques that come from the psychology of, um, of um, change, not from sales, but from psychology in terms of how you can help inspire, provoke, facilitate, guide change, untangle the emotions so that after you've do, done those things, you're in a position then to try to provide solutions or advance the sale. But the hard part is getting somebody ready. The easy part is once you've gotten somebody there to actually go through the features and the benefits and how they connect with the needs of the individual. This sounds- so that's what the book is and how I learned about it, um, how I field tested it, and then came up with a theoretical model that was evidence-based and then came up with a way of tracking data so that we could look at actual sales performance data to prove up theory. Hey, David, talk to me about the selling zone. Yeah, so the set, so I have a disability, Gary. I practiced law for 10 years. <laughs> That's what I did. And I went from there to um, getting involved in something that I thought would be more than just fighting over money. And um, when I got into selling, in senior housing, I studied the salespeople. I went and saw who was selling in the industry. Um, but I noticed that when I got stuck with transactional selling, there were some key elements that were missing that I actually had learned myself through the practice of law. One was treating your client's needs at the center of everything and being very professional and being oriented to trying to solve their problems. Um, second was the importance of time and keeping track of your time because time is the most limited resource that you have. Best performers spend more time planning what they're going to do because empathy and understanding the prospect's point of view takes time. And it's a collaborative effort. It it benefits from a collaborative effort of talking about um, not what is it like to be in the prospect's shoes, but what is it like for the prospect to be in their own shoes And that takes time to plan and to think about. And then, so time in planning is critical. So is time in creatively following up after you've met with someone. David, what's the one most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers? Empathy and patience. But the hardest part as a caregiver, when you see someone who you love dearly and you've known your whole life in trouble, is not to do, not to tell them what to do, not to tell them what's right. It's the least effective thing you can do. I appreciate that. It's to give them autonomy, attention, be present, and let the conversation flow based on how they want to control the subject matter. David, I'm pleased that you're part of the caregiver.com caregiver book club collection. I think that every family caregiver, every community, every professional in the community should have a copy of this book and should dog air it and highlight it because it's terrific. So thank you for what you do. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me on and thanks for what you do for peerless caregivers.